1 Peter 3, 15-17, but especially verse 17. So let me read the whole thing, and then I'll show you what we're going to talk about in verse 17. Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and fear, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. And here's, here's what we're going to talk about. For it is better to suffer for doing good if that should be God's will than for doing evil. So the two questions we're going to ask are one, does God will the suffering of his children, Christians? And question number two, why would he if he does? And both of those, I believe, are answered right here. Father, this is one of those mammoth questions. Do you will our suffering? And are you good? If you do, why would you do that? It hurts. So, get us ready for what you're going to say here. Make it make us strong and gentle. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil, introduced by the word for, showing this is a reason for why we should, in fact, keep on acting gently and in the fear of God, with a good conscience when we are slandered and when we are reviled instead of becoming angry and bitter, fearing man instead of fearing God, losing a good conscience. We should do all of that because it's better to suffer for doing good than for doing evil if that should be God's will. Is it God's will, then, that we suffer as his children? Does God bring suffering, will suffering? And the answer here is clearly yes. If that, namely suffering for doing good, if that should be God's will. So sometimes it is God's will that we suffer for doing good. Here's another First Peter statement of that reality. 4.19 Let those who suffer according to God's will entrust their souls to a faithful creator while doing good. So here we are doing good and trusting our souls to a faithful creator 
and suffering for it, according to God's will. Now, here's the, here's the sticking point. This suffering here is owing to being reviled and being slandered, at least in part. And this is sin. And this is sin. People are sinning against us. And Peter is saying that it may be God's will, in some cases, that we suffer through the sins of others, which means that in some sense God uses, ordains, guides, governs the sins of others so that suffering comes into our lives. And one of the most important passages on that is the suffering of Jesus in Acts 4, 27 to 28. Truly in this city, this is the saints praying after the death and resurrection of Jesus. Truly in this city there were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed, both Herod, Pontius Pilate, the Gentiles, along with the Gentiles, and the peoples of Israel. So four groups of people who sinned against Jesus. To do, Herod, he, he mocked him, put a robe on him. Pilate expediently handed him over to crucifixion. The Gentile soldiers put a crown of thorns on his head and spit on him. The Gentiles, I mean, the peoples of Israel cried, crucify him, crucify him. They did whatever your hand, O God, and your plan had predestined to take place. So God is able to predestine and to plan the sins of Herod and Pilate and the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel to bring his son to crucifixion so that we might be saved. God, God wills that sin be without sinning. He wills that sin happen without himself sinning. God is holy, and in him there is no unrighteousness at all. So the answer to our first question is, yes, God sometimes wills that his children suffer for doing good. Second question, why would he do that? Now, but before we answer that, notice here, it says it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be um, God's will, than for doing evil. And of course, everybody would agree with that. If you've got to suffer, better to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. So that's, that's easy. Nobody disagrees with that. Peter says that. But what Peter inserts here is that this suffering for doing good is governed by God. That is, God wills it. And that's the question we're asking why about. Why would God do that? The first answer is right here in the context, isn't it? Because if you maintain gentleness, and if you maintain a fear of God, and if you maintain a good conscience instead of doing evil, so if you continue to do good 
what happens is possibly that the revilers and the slanderers are put to shame, and that shame may lead them to silence and may lead them to glorify God, as chapter 2, verse 12 says. So one reason that God wills for us to suffer slander and suffer reviling is that those who slander and revile may by their very reviling in view of our gentleness be convicted and shamed and brought to Christ. Here's a, a second reason why God brings suffering into our lives as his children. Chapter 1 verses 6 and 7, in this you rejoice though now for a little while if necessary you have been grieved by various trials. So God ordains that trials grieve us if necessary. Why? So that, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes though it is tested by fire, may, so that it may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. This fire, this fiery, um, where is it? Trial. This fiery trial is a refining of the gold of the genuineness of our faith. And when the fires refine us with these trials and burn out all the dross of self-reliance, we will stand before God praised and glorified and honored, and we will not regret having suffered for him and with him. And here in chapter 4, verse 16, we get the highest reason of all for why God would will that we suffer. Yet, if anyone suffers as a Christian... Let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in that name. There are ways that God is shown to be glorious through the steadfast suffering of his people, hoping in him that can be shown no other way. So yes, God does will that Christians suffer for doing good. And the first reason he does so in this text is so that people will be put to shame when we do good in the face of their slander. And the second reason back in chapter 1, verse 6 and 7, is that our faith might be refined and all the dross burned out of it so that we will stand before God glorified and praised. And finally, we will, by our suffering, bring a kind of glory to God through faith and through hope in him that he gets no other way.